Hello, all, and welcome to the Fantasy and Sci-Fi Fanatics Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Kubal. Today, I have with me a very special guest, Heather Smith. Heather, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? Pretty good now that this has been like three podcasts in a row where I haven't messed up my own intro, so I'm finally, <laughs> finally getting there, so I feel like I'm back in the big leagues or something now, so <laughs> got to start somewhere. Uh, small goals here on this podcast, just getting through the... <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's an achievement. We'll we'll take it. <laughs> I was getting tongue tied. I don't know why last month, but it seems, seems to be gone now. So I'm sure people listening are like, "Oh, finally, he got it right." <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna start in right with that first question. What has your writing journey been like up until this point? Oof, um, <laughs> it's been chaotic. Uh, it's been long. It's been emotional and fruitful. But above all, it's been a very big learning experience. Um, I started writing when I was, honestly, when I was in high school, but I really started taking it seriously and writing books when I was about 19. Um, and I actually started with a totally different series than my first published book. Um, I started writing a YA fantasy uh, when I was 19. It took me about 10 years. Um, and that's kind of what got me into the Wattpad universe and that's where I first started was Wattpad because um, I really wanted feedback on it. But as I got into Wattpad, I really got into um, werewolf stories. I found that I really liked the paranormal universe and, mm. and uh, you know, who's not a sucker for true love and yeah, love yeah. For I'm totally that fairy tale geek. So I was like, okay, this is cool. But uh, yeah, and that's how I started my first published book was Shadow of Twilight, which was a freaking roller coaster. Um, it was a really big roller coaster. It was in the time of my life where um, Shadow of Twilight really gave me the strength that I needed to be as a person and as a woman and as a mother. Um, gave me the strength to leave a toxic marriage. Um, and it, so it's my writing journey has greatly affected my life in so many ways. Um, and it's, it's been amazing. And so, yeah, Shadow of Twilight, which is, again, it's my first published book, not my first written, but my first published. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been amazing. It's been really amazing. It's, it's really interesting that you say, like, you know, it's not your first book, but your first published book. Uh, mm -hmm. I just feel like there's so many female authors that I've um, interviewed for February, she wrote, who have said the very same thing. Mm -hmm. um, and I think a lot of people, and that's like before we start recording what I was saying about the, the one that I'm doing, I'm like, you know what, I'm like, it's okay. And I think I, it's just important to point out for the audience, it's okay, I think, if you have written a book or two or three, and it's not your first published. Oh, yeah. I just think that's really important because there's just so many of you who have said that. And I'm like, I just think it's really important. for. Well, people. you know what I think the thing is, too, about it is like my first written book. I mean, it literally took me years to write. And in those years, I had grown not just as a writer, but as a person. So my writing style when I was 19 is nowhere near my writing style now. Yeah. Like, so when I went back and I was editing and I was rereading, I was like, okay, this is a bit more immature than I, granted, yes, it is a YA, but it just reads immature. Like yeah. I just, and so I got so nitpicky about it. And I got frustrated with it and I had to put it down a lot. And it took me a while to develop and it's going to be a lot longer of a series once I finally do get to finishing it. Um, 
and publishing it. Whereas like shadow of twilight was just bam, bam. Like I couldn't keep up with my thoughts and I had written a book over two months. I had already finished half of the second book by the time I finished the first one, like it was, and I had already figured out how I wanted to end the three book series. And so it was like coming down from that. And then just my first, my YI series just was like, okay, you're going on permanent pause for a little bit because this is what's right now. <laughs> well, I, think yeah. I think I like how you said though. It's, it's pause. And yeah. I like that. And like, I've known people who get frustrated with those books and then they, um, you know, they um, delete them. Like a friend, I was talking to Kelly McCullough about this and him and I were talking. I'm like, and he said that like, I, I can't totally blank around. Where was his webmate? Oh, he's actually um, the Fallen Blade series. I love mm-hmm. those books. And um, he was saying how that was his, one of his original ideas in books and he instead of deleting it or throwing away or trashing or whatever he just saved it and he changed it later and that that's good yeah you know and I'm like I think so many people do just like they get frustrated and then they do delete it granted I wrote a book when I was like 15 14 and I totally deleted it because it was absolute garbage but there are moments where I'm like oh I kind of wish I had saved it because it was my that was my first first like yeah yeah it was more like fanfic than anything but it, well, i mean it's still still first <laughs> yeah, well, let's not forget though uh you know that's where a lot of us start though i think you know is is fanfic and yeah. you know so it's great oh yeah yeah, yeah. of uh yeah. it was twilight right i believe it was twilight fan fiction and then she just changed it and then uh but yes yeah. yes yeah you know you're totally right yeah that's how a lot of books have started to yeah. be honest and it's it's really cool though to see them take like you know original ideas and then turn them to something else I mean yeah. that's how so many authors and even movies and tv shows have started yep yep especially within the last I'd say within the last 10 years honestly. oh for sure yeah. yeah for sure the you know the industry is I don't want to say saturated because that sounds bad but it's definitely becoming more populated by, you know, original works, yeah, you know, yeah. written works that yeah. are now turning into, you know, TVs and granted, I love it, but sometimes it's not always done, you know, justice. So that oh, is yeah. all frustrating. <laughs> oh, well, that's like, uh, for instance, like I'm a huge fan of Cobra Kai and I like it because they pay homage to the original, but they're doing something new. Right. And it's such a hard thing to do. And I actually... Like, I liked the last season, season four. Like, I really did. But I think it was the weakest out of the rest of them because they tried doing something new with it. And right. they, but they still were trying to follow the old formula. So I think with season five, they'll actually do really well because Netflix has gotten a hold of it. And that's the first one that they have actually written. But it's like, I, I just agree with you. There's just so many, like, there's something else that came out yesterday. And my friend's like, oh my gosh. Like, you know, like, for instance, uh, Justified with Timothy Oliphant, like, they're doing a new season. Mm-hmm. Well, like Turner and Hooch on Disney Plus. I love that show. It's a legacy. Like they took his right. dad, you know, with Tom Hanks or yeah. And, uh, you know, like just continued it. And I'm like, I like that. But if they just tried to redo the same thing, I'm like, that'd be so boring. And I agree with that. I just think there's so many times where, you know, it is really hard to do something new. You well, know, it's kind of like what they did with Charm. The original yeah, Charm yeah. series was epic. Amazing. Yeah. Like that shaped my entire childhood adult. Great urban fantasy amazing and then they redid it i i won't put it on like yeah, it's yeah. just i can't like those are the characters and it's not even the fact like that they redid it it's like you can't that's just or you can't redo that like it's yeah. just so original and yep. 
and you're literally taking almost like the same plot. I don't know. I just I could have betrayed charm that way, so I just never touched it. Yeah, my friend made a good point. He goes, "I wish that they had done a legacy for that, like had you know them pass on to their daughters or whatever." Yeah, exactly. Like if you're gonna do it, at least have it be like the next generation or or the second generation, something like that. But just to completely like redo it. Yeah. Why are you messing with something that was already so iconic? Yeah, yeah, and I think personally, that's why like so many people like Cobra Kai so much is because it's a legacy. Like it's right, exactly. New group, you know, you have the older people. Mm -hmm. Even even like the librarians, right? Like they don't even have, you know, what oh, I forget the actor's name, but the main librarian from the first three movies from TNT, he's mm-hmm. like, and at the first couple episodes, it's a legacy. And right. that's another very popular show, you know, urban right. wise from you know early two thousands. And I'm just like, that's like somebody told me they're like, oh, they're gonna redo Castle, and I'm like, what do you mean they're gonna redo Castle? What Nathan? Yeah, you like, can't redo it. I'm like, yeah, are you gonna replace him? And let alone him. Right. The other actors and act like I'm like, how are you gonna you know replace Kate Beckett? Spinoffs are one thing, oh. like like how Vampire Diaries had two spinoff shows, yep, yep, had yep. originals and has literally legacies. Yep. Like that's one thing. You have those original characters and yeah, now yeah. they have their own thing, but you can't just as popular of a show, you can't just redo it. Like yeah. you're you're it's almost like you're betraying the generation who was obsessed with that. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. That's just my opinion on it. But <laughs> well, well, my friend, I just think it's funny you mentioned it because my friend said, he goes, that's why I like legacies. He goes, because yeah. otherwise you're ruining or tarnishing the original legacy. And for yeah. most of them, not all of them, granted, but for most of them. And I, I don't know. I just think with the, my friend made a point today, it's like with the, the writing and the stories that in the terms of books that people are coming up with and magazines and, you know, uh, dramas, just all sorts of things, you know, web dramas and things. It's like audio dramas. It's like, why are we going? I don't know. I guess there's I, I plenty of that. source material out there. Yeah, like, exactly. it makes no sense. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like, I completely agree. Thing. It's not going to be as good. We know that. Like chips. Like, I don't understand why they had to redo chips like they did. I'm like, and it's a comedy. I'm like, okay, whatever. But I'm like, that is nothing like the original chips. And I'm just, mm-hmm. like, it was like Starsky and Hutch, you know, like with Ben Stiller and. Owen Wilson, ever. I'm just like, okay. Like, the only yeah. one I actually really liked was Hawaii 5 0 and SWAT uh, that CBS did. And I felt like they did a really great job revamping them for a modern generation. But I've seen very many other people do that. And yeah, I just, I don't know. I agree with you. I just, I just agree with you. I think there's too much of a saturated market. And honestly, if there's something new, I'd rather try that than try something that I liked that they're revamping. I just don't think it works very well. And not as well as, you right. know everybody's thinking i mean there are exceptions but they are few and far between yeah yeah i mean like i don't know you know you look at a book like yours and it's like i'd rather see that on you know on netflix than a revamped or whatever like i guess i mean the cool thing is that they are coming out with so many more and i like that they're doing tv shows for books now instead of movies because i I think i mean granted it took them what like 10 years to finally realize books don't really work as movies unless yeah. you're really like spreading them out yeah they have to be tv shows there's just too much you're you're doing a disservice to the book yeah. by trying to cram it into an hour and a half two hour yep. long movie yep and and you're gonna have it pissed off readers <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. it's gonna happen who are you and who do you want to be your your viewership you're yeah <laughs> who you want to be your audience who yep. you're trying to bring in but it's like like okay city of bones mm-hmm mortal instruments they did uh, that 10 yeah. years ago i was obsessed obsessed 
I love Cassandra Clare. She is my number one author that I follow. Like I'm literally obsessed with her writing. I love all of her books. When the movie came out, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it, but I could understand people who have never read the book were completely turned off by it. Yeah. Completely yeah, right. understood it. The whole incest part, like they did a really crappy job of explaining that. Yeah, <laughs> like, I totally understood that. But then when they did the show, when ABC picked up the show, that was better. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it still wasn't, you know, they still, they did their own thing with it, which was, I was totally cool with it. It was good. They, they still followed the same rhythm. It had still the same characters. And then they ended it. And I was like, but why? Yeah. <laughs> but why? Like you were, you picked up something good. They had ran with it for like four seasons. Like yeah, they did yeah. really good with it. And so, I mean, it's just kind of one of those things. It's like, I mean, it really just depends how it's adapted. It's no, yeah. the main thing. And like, they're picking up A Court of Thorns and Roses, Hulu is doing a show on now. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. I think all of, you know, I say book talk because I'm on book talk most of the time, but a lot of us readers are really iffy about, or like, you could really kill this or you could yeah. really kill this. Like oh. there's so many ways this could go. I, I think we're going to start to call it wheel of time. It. Um, yeah. <laughs> like personally, like, you know, and I'm, I'm one of those people where I love the wheel of time books and I knew they were going to not like, I'm like, how do you do 14 books? Even the first book I go, well, how do you even do part of the first book in a right. 10 episode first season? I'm like, you know, I knew they were, they said that they were going to try and do a, a book. Well, like Game of Thrones. Yep. I mean, do we even oh. need to touch on that? Oh, I still haven't. I still have not finished the last season and I still feel good about the series. And my friends like, just never watch it and you'll be totally fine. And I do feel totally fine. <laughs> Game of Thrones. It's like, oh. I read the books, but. Okay. Don't shoot me. But Game of Thrones is one of those series where I just. I couldn't connect to the writing. Oh, yeah. Like it was just, it was too many characters. It was too much yeah, for my yeah. brain to process. I need a little bit more simple. Yeah, so yeah. there was only certain characters, chapters I would read. Oh yeah. That's when what I was reading. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I just couldn't do all of them. Yeah, so yeah. I would read the main ones, like the ones that I know and I like. And so that's just kind of how I did it when I read the books. And then when it came time for the show, I loved most of the show, but then the last season I enjoyed the season cinematically. Hmm, yeah, yeah. It was beautifully done. The storyline and how they did it, the first three episodes were great. The last yeah, yeah, three yeah. episodes were like, really? Yeah. Like, that's how you ended it. That's, even if that was how, you know, George Martin really wanted to end this, obviously it had to have been, he had to have signed off on it. Yeah. But even if that's how he wanted to end it, was that really how you had to shoot it? Like, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I think that that'll go down in the history books as one that pissed people off. Oh, for sure. And I just think if you, you know, and I, I am totally like, and I'm not trying to say like that. I actually like cinematically and taking myself out of the equation for knowing anything about the books for Wheel of Time. I liked season one. I thought mm -hmm. they had a lot of really cool things. I like seeing, you know, different fantasy. I thought that they showed that epic fantasy can be a TV series. Right. Um, I think that season two, they'll be able to catch their stride. There were things that they changed that I liked, um, things about land. Um, you know, there, there was a lot of things. Um, but like, you know, I, I just complete, like I Am Number Four was one of my favorite young adult series. And 
they had brought out that movie, which I loved. Well, then when I read the books, I was like, but they had brought the movie out before the first book came out. So then I saw the movie and I saw the, and I read the book and I'm like, the, I love the movie. I love the movie. Then when the book came out and I read it, I was like, this is so much better. And I was like, what did you do? And I, that's when I wish that they would, Netflix would make into a TV series because I think that they would just crush it and it would be a really cool like Vampire Diaries, but with aliens. I think it'd be really, really neat. But yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't know if I have enough faith in. See, I feel like Vampire Diaries is one of those ones where I almost like the show better than the books. Like, I, I mean, yes, there was, of course, things that were different. I mean, like with any TV show that's been adapted from a book, they have to change things to keep. Yeah, yeah, of course. Like, you don't anticipate every single thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, and I don't get me wrong, I love the Vampire Diaries books. I've read all of them. Um, but it was just one of those shows I was obsessed with in high school. And that really, I just love the show. The show, I felt like the show was just better than the books. In my opinion, that's just my opinion. I wonder how many people I'm going to make mad. So I've only read the first Bernard Cornwall book, The Last Kingdom, but Uhtred, like, I forgot his name, but the actor that they got to play Uhtred is just so charismatic. And then the guys that they got, you know, all of the actors, uh, and love that show yeah like it love is it. literally he like is so and when you watch him in interviews and then you yeah. watch him in the show you're like that's not the same person oh no, yeah he's an amazing actor what he's the heck yep. holy smokes yep like what kind of commitment did he have yeah. between the accent the culture like yep. mind blown yep. mind blown well, i literally watched him in an interview one time and i was yeah. just like this is not the same actor. I don't oh, know. Yeah, yeah. No, totally. Like his entire demeanor, even his face, my friend says, even his facial muscle changes, mm-hmm. like where he does the little, like kind of looks at you. He's like yeah. totally different, but I think he was the one, it was him and um, two of the main actors from season one. Um, I don't think a lot of people know this, but um, like, I know different people, you know, like overseas for, um, you know, like Renaissance festivals and stuff. And they had said that, that he, and this was, I guess, like a couple seasons maybe like two years ago. So after the first two seasons were out, but they said that he had originally like went to like one of those museums uh, overseas where like you can actually go and like live the life and stuff. And I guess he okay. worked with a bunch of different people, uh, which I don't think that's widely known. Um, but I thought that was like, again, like commitment to the part, you know, it's like Viggo Mortensen, you know, it's like, you're never going to be able to find another Aragorn like that, you know? Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, it, you know, it's not real. It's fantasy or it's not fantasy, but it's not historically accurate, but I mean, it is still set in a period that did exist. You know, yep. the storyline may not have been, you know, hundred percent, but yep. these people really did exist at one point in time. And we may not know everything because it was God, how many hundreds yeah. of years ago, but these people did live like this at one yep. point. So yeah, I mean, it is, you do have to kind of have that understanding of the history that goes into playing these parts. And yeah, yep. that yep. totally makes sense. I just think though, like I, and I, I'm about to read the Pale Horseman probably next month after I get a couple of other books out of the way. And I'm really excited because, um, oh, like there's a lot of people I just know, like, you know, book talkers and things where like for historical fiction, I said like, that's like really one of the best ones in the series. And, but I just, that's one where I'm like the show, I will watch Uhtred of Bedenberg. Like I have to watch all the seasons though in a row. I've watched mm-hmm. season four so many times over and over again. And, Cause I just, I love how, I just love his character and I love how he brought this character to life who is amazing from, I'm not trying to say the books aren't great. They're amazing. But I just think that in terms of TV shows, 
that's one of the few that I've seen from a book series that, that actually, done really well. Yeah, that that made me want to read the books more, and you know mm-hmm. that I'm like that I can't pick if I liked the first season of Last Kingdom more or the first book, and yeah, I'm hoping that as I get going, that the books are better, obviously, because I love reading. But it's just interesting that I'm already had that conundrum, and I'm like, I I guess my friend he goes, well, you want everything to be the Last Kingdom. And he's like, the last kingdom is the last kingdom. <laughs> I said, that's fair, you know, considering all, even like some of the minor actors and actresses that they have are like, you know, in other shows and movies are like cream of the crop, you know? And, and you know, the last kingdom came out in a period where, you know, Vikings was pretty popular. And, yeah, yeah. You know, the show, the Vikings, and they were coming oh, out with a lot yeah. of different stuff, but it's like last kingdom is like cream of the crop. Like you can't expect everything. Yeah. It, and it's almost like a domino effect, like everything just seemed to fit perfectly, yeah. align perfectly for that show between yeah. the actors, the plot, the storyline, the, you know, the writers, the directors, yeah. like they just, it just worked. Yeah. <laughs> and you, it, and it's sad and it's not that it's sad, but it's just, you can't expect that level oh, of, no. yeah. from everything else. It's just, you can't. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's what my friend talked about, you know, he's like, well, at least for one through seven for Game of Thrones. And that's how he felt. And I'm like, I get it. But like, for instance, like uh, season three of Last Kingdom, episode nine, uh, about halfway through, uh, like three, three, fourths way through, like Uhtred has this one speech. And I, I have gone to that spot and I can't believe nobody's done a YouTube. Maybe I should just do a YouTube video uh, on the podcast about it and a commentary. But like, it is when I first saw that scene and he gave this speech, and I'm just like, I, like my skin, literally, like I had goosebumps and it's mm-hmm. some of the best writing in particular with the rest of the season and the show, right. like this turning point, you either go left or you go right. And I'm like, most people don't stick the landing like that. And those writers just, right. you know, stuck the landing. And then after that, I was like, well, how on earth do you compete with this season? And then with season four, I was just like, right. okay, that's how you do it. And right. so bummed that we're only going to get another season five, but I was happy to hear that they, we're saying that maybe when the actors are a little older, they'll do some of the, you know, like the later books or something. That would be awesome. But yeah, but I agree with you. I think it's really hard to, to compete with that show. <laughs> it is. It is. And I mean, Netflix has done some really amazing things like yeah. The Witcher. Granted, season two wasn't as great as season one, but they have been doing some really good things with, you know, some of the ad- adaptations that they've taken on. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I go back and forth with season one and two. I just personally, like from a writer's standpoint, I loved how they wrote season one. I know some people were mad about the timeline. I'm like, I I was like confused like everybody else. But then oh, yeah. when it got I to just had to watch it a second time. Oh, Once I God. watched, I watched through the first time oh. and I was like, what happened? Yeah. And then yeah. I watched it again and I was like, okay. Yeah, I yeah. <laughs> I got to that last it was just episode. one of those like double take. Yeah, yeah. I got to the last episode and I was just, I was astounded. I was like, that was, oh, it was good. Yeah. I knew I wasn't going to like season two as much though, because I liked the writing so much in season one, as particular with the timeline. Um, but I did, I thought the characters, personally, the character development was better uh, for season two. The overall storyline, I didn't care about as much, but I cared about the characters more. I felt like, uh, yeah, particularly like season two was definitely less action more yeah, yeah, yeah. character development for and, sure. obviously, my yeah. only thing I wasn't a fan of for season two was just like almost the back and forth like we're going here but we're going back then we're going here and we're going back like, <laughs> it was literally we were back <laughs> like, in the castle give me whiplash a little bit yeah. here like what are we doing 
no totally and I, I think that was one of the things because my friend asked and i was like oh i was like he goes which one do you like more i was like and i was like it's really hard i said but you know because he's a big storyline person i said well i like the storyline for season one way more and i yeah. was like but they i thought the world building was better and he goes so what do you say to me he goes well they had book two syndrome i said yes they had but to me they had book two syndrome because you're trying to expand the world and you're trying to expand the characters but you didn't expand the storyline enough we almost had like right. i felt like I didn't feel like the stakes were high enough for season two compared to season one, I guess right. what I was saying. And then at the end, I was just like, I felt it was lackluster personally. Um, I agree. I was, like, I was like, okay, well, but we need like a whole nother season to explain what just happened. You know, mm-hmm. which we want a continuation, but I just wanted some more closure, I guess, for season yeah. two. And I felt yeah. I, didn't feel like I got it. Yeah, it was almost like a little like slow, slow. And then bam, like yep. ball drop. And it was yep. like, okay all right yeah, yeah. sure hopefully yeah. you'll explain that next season <laughs> yeah yeah and that's how personally i felt with cobra kai two season four is like like one like season one through three there's just so much that happened there's so much character mm-hmm. development and there's no book two syndrome but then season four i felt like was there book two syndrome and i was just like you have the first seven episodes which it was great but not i don't think as great as the last three and it was like bam the last three episodes happened and you're just like holy crap you're like i probably could have just watched these three episodes and still and got the rest it. of it yeah. right and that's yeah. how I felt about the witcher too like the last like I would say four episodes I don't know if we really needed the first six episodes <laughs> yeah I get that. but yeah it was just yeah I'm really excited to go back to those books too but I think season three for that's going to be awesome I know obviously my friend that's like Cobra Kai too like from a writing standpoint both of those I think they were writing differently than how they did the first seasons uh in Cobra Kai first season of witcher and it's like, how do you, my friend, he's like, how do you compete with, you know, that beginning start? And I'm like, I always worry about that for a book too myself. Cause like, I'm already yeah. trying to get ahead of that. It's like, cause mm-hmm. I just read um, Will Wright's uh, second cradle book, Soulsmith. And I'm like, it was so much better than the first one. And I'm like, I think that's the biggest challenge that us writers have to deal with is how do we top what we've already done? Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. Cause I mean, it is kind of like a competition with yourself. You have to, oh, you've yeah. already done you know, this stretch and it's like, okay, but I have to do something that's different, but still consistent with the characters, but it's also, you know, you want the reader to come back for more. So it's like, how am I going to, without it being ridiculous, (laughs) like, because there is a balance because there is a fine line between what's acceptable and then what's just absolutely ludicrous. No, I, I totally agree. And I was trying to, I don't know. I just, that's where part of me is like, I'm like, I really think I should set my current draft aside because I do want a trilogy. And I'm like, I have certain ideas for book two, but I'm kind of like, I'd rather kind of think like, where do I want to go with book two? Or, right. you know, rather than having to do it later, I'm like, right. I know it more works. Part of me is like, well, I should really just go into something else in the meantime and then come back. Sometimes you do need that, you know, that book that I don't want to say it's a filler, but you do need that that journey for them to go through in order to end somewhere else yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. even if it's an entire book sometimes they the character just needs that development even if it's not action-packed and sometimes that does you know there's plenty of series that have those kind of books yeah yeah it just may not be as exciting but it is still necessary yeah well it's like I you know my buddy and I we're trying to go back to certain reads to analyze for writing where it's like like Empire Strikes Back my favorite movie of all time and you know, that's a second, you know, a second movie. And it's like how I always try to analyze that. And I'm like, 
how did you do this exact, you know, because there is more character development, but there's also a lot that happens, you know, and it's right. like, I just, I always try to analyze that storyline, but there are books, you know, like him and I are thinking back, like we're trying to think of what, what book twos out of a trilogy do we really like? Because I feel like series is different, you know, like, and that's maybe why Will White's, I think, uh, Soul Smith works so well, um, you know, is that it's not these massive, you know, just one book, two and three, it's a series. Uh, and I do feel like Dresden Files is a lot like that. Like book one was really good um, with Stormfront, but then Full Moon was so much better, uh, in mm -hmm. my opinion. I, I know a lot of people feel that way. And it's like, I just, I don't know. I'm just trying to think ahead. Like, I don't want to make those mistakes, you know, and I right. figure it out a little bit more. But that goes back to what you were saying, you know, with um, with your experiences. And I think it's totally fine again to, that's why I just said to my friend today, I go, I think I'm finally okay to put this first book down and then to go and, you know, do something else and then come back later. Um, yeah, I mean, even with writing my werewolf series, I constantly still think about my YA series that I've had on hold forever. Like I'm constantly thinking about, you know, cause it's a four book series. So I'm constantly thinking, well, book one technically is already done. I just have like edits and stuff to do. Um, but it's like, I'm constantly trying to plot three and four while trying to plot book three of my werewolf series. So it's like, it's a jumbled mess. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, uh, I was thinking of like Kevin Hearn's uh, Iron Druid Chronicles is like the Druids have different headspaces to right. be able to do the spells, be able to fight and be able to work magic. And right. I think about that and I'm like, it is helpful, I feel like for ideas and to be able to write one thing, but I, I don't think I have the type of headspace where I can be really efficient and write this book and then like I can write down ideas for this other one, but I don't think I can really outline, you know, and right. I'm doing it. I just figured out. That it is. It's, it's, and I, when I first started Shadow of Twilight, I was still finishing my, my YA series. And I also started writing a vampire high fantasy series. And I was like, <clears throat> there's a lot. I was like, at one point I was like, okay, I can't. It's not that I was getting them mixed up, but it, I was starting to forget details when I was writing other books. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, I'm really doing a disservice by trying to focus on all these projects. It's yeah. not helping me and it's not helping my writing. Yeah, so yeah. I literally had to like put them down and be like, okay, I have to focus on this, on this one project right now. And I can pick that up later. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think it is hard because some days you want to work on the other thing. And then other days it's like, I've had to really like slap my hand to be like, no, you're, we have to work on this. It's mm -hmm. not going to always be exciting and so right. got to get through it. But right yeah. now, yeah, like, and I do think it's important for, you know, for people to realize that maybe you are going to be in a spot like me where you're just like, it's so much of a jangled mess. I don't know how to fix it right now. And I think right. it's, cold. it's taking me a long time to be like, it's fine to walk away and then come back, you know, yeah. a couple of weeks or even a month, you know, but I and just, it, you know, recharging your batteries and taking yeah, yeah. that break it's going to help your writing in the end yeah. rather than trying to force yourself to work on a problem that you're really not in the headspace to do yeah. so. Yeah. And then all you could, I mean, you could hurt yourself and hurt your book in the process of doing that. So yeah, yeah. yeah sometimes you really do need those breaks. Yeah. No, I think that's, I think that's great advice. And I think you're totally right there. Yeah. Um, so I really want to ask you this one off of that second question. So what exactly is fantasy romance and how did you decide on this genre? Um, well, I've always been obsessed with fantasy forever. Um, not to say I don't like other genres, but I have that mentality where there's just already enough garbage going on in the world and I don't need more of it. 
I'm so right. So, there. It's, it's, <laughs> so if it's got magic and it's got dragons, then I'm in. I'm all in. I'm I'm jumping and I'm not looking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, so yeah, fantasy is is my shtick. I don't stray from it really. I don't like. I don't do rom coms. I don't do. I can't do horror. I'm not a horror person. Don't ever yeah. ask me to read horror. <laughs> There's enough horror in the world, and I do not want to read about it. Yeah. <laughs> so I just 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 I stick to fantasy. I like being out of mind, out of body experience that fantasy can give you. I like being transported somewhere else. And that was really what I wanted to focus on. I wanted to write something where someone could be like, imagine themselves in their shoes and, and imagine that world that's going on around them. That isn't, that's not something that we experience or would ever be able to have here. Um, but I've also, I'm a huge, huge fan of character development like these characters in these books that we read about they have to have some kind of relationship whether it be platonic or romantic they there has to be a connection that keeps me going back and keeps me invested in their in their journey in their lives um it really reminds me like like we talked about earlier i was obsessed with charmed when i was a kid and i had watched this interview and it was the creator and the writer who first started charmed and he said you know, when he talked about pitching uh, Charm to CW and his, his quote was, the show is about sisters who happen to be witches, not witches who happen to be sisters. And that seriously has stuck with me my entire adult life. Like I want to write about a girl who happens to be a werewolf, not a werewolf who happens to be a girl. Like I want it to be about her journey, not just like the magic side of it. So that's really where I've tried to build on. Yes, it's fantasy. Yes, it's got magic and it's got you know, the goddess and it's got, you know, all these elements, these fantastical elements. But it's really about Amelia, who's my main character in Shadow of Twilight. It's really about her journey, her finding herself, her becoming a woman and and finding out, you know, the love world isn't really as what she expected it to be and she really has to adapt and and grow in order to to survive you know her world so that was really what I wanted to find that balance and I want readers to come back for my characters and not just necessarily for for the world building yeah yeah I think you really brought out a really important point though um, I think this is where I've gotten stuck with recently is I do like coming up with character ideas for like I see a piece of art and I'm like, like I had this one like jade warrior woman that I just love mm-hmm. the art for and I'm like I really want to create a character for her but I tried but it's like I don't have a character idea and I, I think you make up a good point there it's like I think the most successful characters in books are books where you can relate to the character and especially in fantasy, not necessarily their, um, like their, their class. So mm-hmm. werewolf or whatever, like, you know, and I think that like looking at like Patricia Briggs, for instance, with like Mercy Thompson, like, I don't even think I really care that she's like a half, like a coyote, like Shakespeare. Right. I really like, like, those are great and all, but like, I right. think that's a good point. Like, I just realized, like, I actually like her character. Right. The backstory, what she's dealing with, you know, like those things. And I like her as a person because it's not the coyote half that, you know, like they talk about like the mythology aspect a lot, you know, with like she's inquisitive and things. And that's like, 
Coyote, but like, I really like her as a person. So I think you bring up a really good point. Like, mm-hmm. you, I think of now back to a lot of successful characters, you know, it's not necessarily that I like that they are a fighter or whatever, like right. age or whatever. It's like, I, I think um, Gandalf is interesting because he's Gandalf, not because he's a wizard. You know, I don't right. know, he doesn't even do that much stuff, you know, but him as right. like, he does the fireworks, you know, he really enjoys children, you know, mm-hmm. believes in right and wrong. And he's got all this power and stuff. Um, yeah. So I think you make up a really good point there that, um, we haven't really talked about on here yet so far. And I think it's really important for people to, you know, to understand is like, maybe that's where some people like me are stuck, you know, maybe we're trying to write, um, you know, the wizard rather than, you know, the person. So I think Yeah. And I mean, there are, and I'm not to say that there aren't successful books out there or, you oh, know, yeah. adaptations that aren't successful when it's more technical, when it's more about, you know, the magic system and all that. But I feel like it's the relationships that really keep people yeah, invested. Yeah. Like they want to see people survive. That you want them to root for that character. And it's not necessarily the magic that you want to, that they're, you're rooting for the boards so that they, you know, whether, like I said, whether it be their best friend, their, their sibling, their parent, their love interest, like you want them, there has to be that end point. And it's not just, oh, I have all this power and I'm king of my world. It's like, okay, but who's beside them? Yeah. Who is surrounding them at the end of the journey? Like there, there has to be more than just, than just fantastical elements that you're rooting for. Like there has to be an end journey and who's around them at that point. Yeah. I like how you said who's around them because I always love the Star Wars books and it's not because they're science fiction. It's not because like Luke's a Jedi. It's literally because like, you know that if there's a situation that pops up with Luke, Han, Leia, Lando, or Chewbacca, you know, Chewie, like, you know, it's going to be a great story and you know, yeah. they're going to help each other. And they I always have, have each other's back. Yeah, and I actually yeah. think you make a really great point with why I like The Last Kingdom so much, particularly the TV show, and why I'm excited to get to the Pale Horseman, because, you know, you look at the people that he has surrounding him and those guys you know, will go through hell and back for him. And I always think that that is an interesting dynamic and relationship. And oh, the relationships make that entire show. Yeah, like yeah. you just go back for his little band of merry men. Like they yeah, just, yeah. the banter, the, yep. the loyalty. The loyalty, yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Like you're just like, where do I find one of them? Like, yeah, yeah. And he's such yeah, a, you, season four, like he gives a, uh, sorry, I don't want to split from, but he gives up certain things that he's wanted his whole life. And you're just like, it's like Harry Dresden. I think that's why people like his character so much is you're just like how you, you want, I personally want to believe that men like that, like as a man, I want to believe that men like that exist mm-hmm. and they do the right thing no matter what, even when yeah. it comes them personally to yeah. protect others, you know? And it's like- I think I in today's world, everything, you know, we're in this headspace where it's all about us as a person, okay. not like us as a community or us yeah. as- like a family even, or whatever dynamic you're in. And every, I think a lot of people's headspace nowadays is, you know, we've come to this point in, in society where we are very selfish and we are very, you know, self-caring. And I'm I'm not saying to a certain point, you shouldn't care about yourself, but it's also like, but there has to be things you are willing to give up in your relationships or in your, in your family dynamics and your work not to chip away at yourself, but you have to be able, willing to give yourself to these things to be successful and to have, you can't just all be you, you, you. And that's where I think a lot of these stories, like you said, like Boss Kingdom, 
the amount of things he has to give up himself in order to succeed, in order to win a battle, in order in his personal life is really like, it's gut-wrenching sometimes. You just like feel for him and you just want to cry for him because you're like, there's this great man and he's given up decades of his life, his children, his marriages, like, and what is he getting in return? Not a whole lot, but he knows he's doing right. Yeah. And that's really, it's inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. And I do, like, I want to bring up charm again too, because like the reason that I like charm so much growing up um, and supernatural is like with the sibling aspect, right? Like, you know, when you look at, you know, Sam and Dean and like, I think just both shows, but like, for instance, like Sam and Dean and like how many times have they gone to hell and back literally for each other, you know, and my brother and I, like, like we had that type of relationship where, you know, like, you know, like we can pick on each other or whatever, but as soon as someone else says something, you know, and I would always always be like, don't, don't screw with one of them because you're going to get. And I think that was, that's what ties in today. Today's society is we're so quick to give up. Like we're so quick to just be like, I'm done. I'm walking away. Whereas like, like a theme I make in my book is what are you willing to lose and what are you willing to give up for the ones you love? Mm. Like love is not, it's not given freely. You have to earn it. You have to work hard for it. And granted, yes, writing and books and TV, there's drama. There has to be. That's what keeps you coming back. That's what keeps you invested. But you have to be willing to give up parts of yourself in order for you to attain that kind of love that you want. And so that's one major thing that I really stuck with in my writing was like for Amelia, for her journey in Shadow of Twilight and Dust to Dawn. And, and then my third book, what are you willing to give for the ones you love? Yeah. What are you willing to sacrifice for the ones you love? And I don't just necessarily mean like, you know, someone has to die, but like, it could just be small things like her. Uh-huh love is fought for hard with blood, sweat, and tears. It is not just, a, it's not a fairy tale. And that's the main thing I wanted to really portray was it's not all, you know, true love conquers all. And yes, it can, but it's gritty. It's hard. It's rough. It can, it can really wear you down. And sometimes you really do have to take a step back and walk away for a little bit and then come back and find each other. And that's what I really wanted to, to push in my book was, love is rough. Love is, love is hard on everything. And it's not, it's not just easy. It's not all lovey-dovey. You really have to work for it. Yeah. No, I think that, I think that's a great theme personally is um, putting a more, I guess my friend would say putting more of a realistic expectation for yeah. romance. Um, yeah. Cause I don't know, we were just talking about the other day and we were trying to, uh, we were discussing, you know, different um, romances that we both like in terms of movies, TV shows, things like that. Um, and we were, tr- we were really like talking about a lot where I didn't realize, you know, a lot of things were actually could be considered romance. Uh, mm-hmm. So we're having that discussion and it was interesting that she had also brought up, you know, like that type of trying to come up with a realistic feeling and expectations for relationships rather than these, I don't know, Hollywood or I just feel like the early 2000s, there was a lot of, um, books and movies where it was like there was this fake I guess it's just like fake romance I guess I don't know how to describe it you know we're we're, we're almost forced yeah forced romance yeah it was a forced romance and yep. then 
like I feel like Shadow of Twilight is a big one of those. Like it set a really high expectation for that kind of stuff. And and I'm not to say that love can't conquer all. And I, I believe that it can. I truly do believe, you know, personally, I believe that love can conquer, you know, most obstacles. But there are obstacles. Like it's yeah. just not because you love someone that that's it. Yeah, yeah. Not like a roadblock that goes up. Right. You still have to go over those hurdles. You still have to do figure that out together. And you know, some people don't always mesh right away in the beginning. Like there are, you know, you both have to go through personal growth. And as you continue to go through these relationships, you grow not only separately, but as people and together in a relationship. So that was really, you know serious things I really considered with my writing just because I wanted it to be realistic. I wanted these relationships to be, you know, I want you to empathize with them, but I also want you to be like, oh, that, yeah, life, it really is kind of like that. Like it really can be rough. And just because you're in a crappy situation doesn't mean you get to just walk away and it doesn't mean you want to walk away. Yeah, You know, you should want to fight for that. So those are things I really stuck with. Yeah, I, I like that. I just think I'm thinking like, um, you know, like I'm rewatching Castle and, you know, I, I really like Kim and Kate's relationship because you're kind of like, they have a lot of good, but you're also like, God, they put, they had to put up with a bunch of crap. You know, this is like so much stuff. And right. I, I think that's why I really like, um, oh, like Mercy and Adam, for instance, because, you know, like that's another one where it's like, you think like every other book, they like one of them almost dies. And it's like, right. And they know, right, that, like there's like it's I mean and, and again there's balance there's sometimes that's too much and sometimes there's not enough yeah um, sometimes it's like okay how much more crap can this couple go through <laughs> yeah. it's not really realistic anymore like yeah, yeah, yeah. well like Grey's Anatomy at this point oh my like, gosh when are we gonna be done like let's go yeah. how many more car accidents and plane crashes yeah. can we go through yeah, yeah, yeah but um but yeah there has to be there has to be trials and there has to be um you know, difficulties, like my Shadow of Twilight, my first book compared to my second book, they read very different. Like, you know, the setting for Shadow of Twilight, they're 18 and 22. They're, you know, just figuring out who they are and then they meet and it's like, okay, we're these two people separately. Now we don't know each other, but who are we together? And then figuring that out. And then Dust to Dawn is literally a 17 year gap. Oh, wow. It's like, and they were separated during that time. So it's like, okay, we were these two people separately. Now we found our way back to each other, but who are we now as adults, as, you know, 30 something adults, how do we figure that out? And book two is much darker. It deals, it's got a lot of trigger warnings, trigger warning. Like it's a lot darker. It's a lot heavier because as you age, you deal with a lot more crap, Yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot more darker themes so I wanted to keep with that theme of you know what how we view the world at 18 is not what it's like when we're 36 37 you know it's very different um so yeah those were things I tried to keep up with oh see and that that to me is more interesting because you just brought up so much like we talked about book two right like you just brought up a great reason why within your story itself you're talking, you can talk more about character development. Right. You know what I mean? And like character relate, like you just, because of that idea, like in that concept, I just feel like you have a whole different way of writing book two now where it'll make more sense. 
-hmm. you can do some of the things that other people have tried to do with a book too but for you I feel like it'll fit better within that oh yeah and like I've gotten a lot of feedback um when it comes to book two and they're like oh this character grew so much I'm like but he had like it shouldn't be a shock like he had to it's yeah yeah 17 years later that's boring if he's stagnant like he he had to have grown he you know I'm not trying to give anything away but like that's a big gap that's a big gap between two people and 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 even in time so you know who I was when I was 18 years old is not who I am now at 30 years old like of course there's going to be changes so yes uh, you know Amelia's got powers and you know yes she has visions and she's going through all these battles and you know physically and internally but it's also realistic it has to be a realistic journey so that's you know, again, what I learned from reading other books that I, I, I enjoy just to read, but it, I didn't like, um, those were one of the things I really wanted to stick with was yes, it's fantastical. Yes. It's fantasy. It's paranormal. It's werewolves. It's rogues. It's vampires. It's, you know, killing and magic and, you know, mythology all wrapped in one, but these are also people. Like they're also, yes, they may be half wolf, but they're still human to their core. Like they still have to have those same journeys that we would normally go through anyways. That's actually a a really good um, part right there. So when it comes to 